I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. You want to hear something absolutely disgusting? Just filthy, filthy. Yeah? It's February. Fuck! How is it only February, but also how is it already February? I don't understand, and I don't like it. But anyway, on today's episode, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into the only topic that you can actually dive deep into, the ocean, because it's big, it's blue, and it's full of shit. And finally, we have no one as our guest complainer today. We're going to skip straight to our chasers this week, but you can take all the time you'd usually spend on listening to the interview and instead spend it on sending us dating advice questions. That's right. Next week, we're going to have Lane Moore in the studio again for our annual Valentine's Day dating advice episode. So write out your questions or send us a voice note. You can email us at unhappyadvice at pineapple.fm, tweet us at unhappyhourpod, or DM Barry on Instagram at finkelberrypie by Thursday, February 6th. And we'll link to all of that in our show notes. You can find it super easily. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's strap on our scuba gear and start the show. All right, worst things first, let's talk about the worst news of the week first. Police in Louisiana have charged a man with drug possession after he approached two people in a gym parking lot and asked to borrow their guns to commit a robbery. (laughs) That took a lot of (laughs) time. If you recall, the beginning of that sentence was that he was arrested for drug possession. (laughs) So this man, uh, apparently, uh, his name is Duke, or his last. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Duke. Duke. Uh, he approached these two guys in a, the parking lot of a Planet Fitness, where nothing good has ever happened, even once. Yeah, nobody's like found money in a Planet Fitness parking lot, and if you have, it's because it's like in the pocket of a corpse. What do you have against Planet Fitness? <laughs> Fuck Planet Fitness! I just feel like. I mean, all gyms are trash. Absolutely. And yeah, we've already we already know now that Equinox and Blink and all of those are owned by like the crazy guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who loves Trump. And I I'm just gonna say Planet Fitness can suck off too. Sure. Suck off. <laughs> yeah. You can suck right off. <laughs> so this guy approached two men that apparently he knew in a Planet Fitness parking lot noticed that they had guns in their truck, according to this police report. And then the two friends said that he wanted to borrow the guns to rob someone of enough money to leave town. (laughs) What is this wild Foolproof plan. 
<laughs> I it's unclear to me if he wanted to rob the other person to the point where like they had to leave town or if he wanted to rob them so that he'd have enough money to leave town. I think that's the one. Okay. I think I think when I initially makes read it <laughs> I was just slightly I'm going to rob him so bad he'll <laughs> never come back. <laughs> Jayla, that is how I first interpreted it, which I realize now is not correct. <laughs> no. But I love that sentiment. Mm-hmm. The men said no. Uh, and okay, entered... sharing is caring, and that's very rude of them. Yeah. Oh, uh, if you're not going to share your guns, what is the point? So they said no, entered the gym. The man, Duke, allegedly followed them into the gym and worked out with them <laughs> while continuing to talk about robbing someone. I guess the two men eventually, like, alerted police of what happened. They were like, FYI, this guy that we know who, like, follows us to the gym sometimes and asks for our guns. We get it. You go to the gym. (laughs) If I hear one more person talk about how they go to Planet Fitness, I will use my guns. You don't don't have have any guns? No, I absolutely don't. Thank God. Police later spotted Duke at a nearby gas station and found what they believed to be methamphetamine wrapped in a $100 bill in his pocket. That's a, What a flex. Uh, oh, my meth? I actually just keep that wrapped up in a $100 bill. Let me, let me pull that out. Also, Duke is not the name of a human man. It's the name of a dog that sells baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> Next! A man fishing from a northwestern Indiana bridge reeled in an apparent live grenade, prompting a road closure until the device was removed. Did you know that Indiana has some of the most covered bridges in all of America? Wow, what an uninteresting <laughs> state. <laughs> I don't even know if that fact so, is true. The first thing. <laughs> what an they, uninteresting they, fun fact. They have a lot of covered bridges. Sure, my, sure, 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 sure. My friend's mom has a, has a coffee table book about it. All right, you can tell the story again. I'm so sorry. God, I just the amount of the <laughs> amount of boring that would have to go into producing a coffee table about covered bridges. I, I can't know, even covered imagine. Covered bridges are the worst. They're absolutely useless. Just yeah. take the cover off. Right. Who who is going through a bridge thinking I wish this bridge had a ceiling? <laughs> Never once in my life have I thought that. If anything, I want it not to have a ceiling in case it collapses so I could get out easier. Basically, this entire fucking story is just that this old-ass man was fishing in a river because that's what old men do in Indiana, and he pulled in a live grenade. And then they had to shut down the whole street and call on a bomb squad. Way to go, you dumbass. You could have just stayed at home, but no, you had to have a fucking hobby and go out with your dumb hat, I bet, and fish in a river... What kind of fish are you going to fucking catch in Indiana? Nothing. Next! An owl rescued from a ditch and thought to be injured was in fact just too fat to fly. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> this is a best things first story. Yeah. I, I think the worst part about this is the fat shaming. Let him loaf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear a single thing about this bird yeah, he was You know f- what? You know what? Back when we were all apes, someone had to stand up on two feet and say, I'm not using my arms for legs anymore. Who's to say this owl isn't doing the same thing, saying, you know what? I'm staying on the ground. He's evolving. Uh, the Suffolk Owl Sanctuary said that the, quote, soggy bird was brought <laughs> in by a landowner. And when the staff examined the little owl, they found it to be, quote, simply extremely obese and unable to fly effectively. 
<laughs> All right. Why don't you ease the fuck up? Okay. He was living his life, eating a delicious diet of some chubby rats, probably. I don't know what owls eat. Doing them a favor, really. And then you take him out of his home? You just picked up a fat bird and we're like, what do we do with this? Leave him be. What is it your problem now? The owl was put on a strict diet to slim down from its 245 grams. (laughs) (laughs) How big is this owl? That's like nothing. A bottle of water weighs more than that. It's half a pound. Yeah. I I had to look up that conversion. I'm sorry. Uh, Apparently you're not a baker like I am, so you don't understand grams. Or you don't deal in mass amounts of cocaine. Even though that's not even that much cocaine. Well, but this is like a ton of feathers is still a ton, you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh my god. There's a picture of it being weighed. And they have like a little weight thing, but it's instead of the top of a scale, it's grass. So the owl sanctuary said it was extremely unusual for wild birds to get into this condition naturally. So apparently this owl just had done like super, uh, super great job of just getting thick. Yeah. My weight doesn't occur naturally either, but look where we are. (laughs) Yeah, we got here. We managed to get here. Next, a story sent to us by a listener. Firefighters are looking for anyone who might be missing a boa constrictor after some Kansas residents found a six-foot snake in their living room couch. To which I replied to this listener, don't ruin couches for me. That is my safe place. It's where I go right after I get home from work and I sit on the couch and I watch my TV. And I don't want to think about there ever possibly being a six foot or any foot long snake in that couch. I mean, we've all lost something in a couch. (laughs) Why not a six foot snake? That's deeply upsetting. I don't get how, uh, how, how did they notice it was in there? Was their couch just like moving? Oh my God. Did they sit down and feel a lump or did they just see it? Do they have any other animals? Oh my God. What if they had a dog and the boa constriction would have eaten her? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is horrifying. Uh, yeah, so police officers responded to a 911 call from a resident, um, yeah, outside of Wichita. And they were like, there's a snake in here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's what they said. And apparently uh, they had a deputy fire chief who is the department's, quote, snake charmer. <laughs> um, every, every station's got him. Yep, wrangle the snake from the couch with the help of another firefighter. It's just like a six-foot snake is so big. It's taller than me. Yeah, not Shorter taller than, than me. Shorter than you because you're <laughs> so tall. Yeah, so apparently the fire department said that the residents had lived there for four years, never owned a snake. So it's not like they misplaced their own snake. Uh, yeah. How did it get in? The door? The pipes? It's a basilisk. <laughs> I don't know how... Yeah. Are houses connected via pipes? Yes. Okay, then then I'm gonna I'm gonna say that maybe the pipes. That's my guess. Can snakes like go under doors? No, they can't go. Can they go flat like that? (laughs) Can they go through walls? I don't know. (laughs) It might be thinking of ghosts. ghosts? (laughs) 
Yeah. I, I don't know. It's scary. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think I've said this before, that one of my rivals, one of my rivals. <laughs> you have so many. Uh, one of my rivals in college had uh, allegedly had a snake that escaped in a dorm room. He was a dick. And finally, a Florida man, only in Florida, who became a video sensation after fighting a man on the street while dressed as the Easter Bunny, was recently arrested and tried to use the costume to elude capture. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sorry. Take I, that for, all in. Yeah, that, that uh, made a very confused face there. So, the video that was like a an... What, it was a viral video? That happened separately another time. Long story short, this guy apparently became a, a viral sensation last year in Orlando when he was seen fighting a man on the streets while dressed as the Easter Bunny. I'd never heard of this. So how much of a viral sensation are you really, sir? If if we're being brutally honest. Oh. And we are, okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... He was apparently seen earlier this month, according to a Florida Highway Patrol, which may or may not be trusted. He was seen driving his motorcycle through a stop sign, crashing it into a carport, um, and then the carport collapsed on top of a, ve- a bunch of vehicles. And then, then deputies went to this guy's address, and they spotted a gray car speeding away and found him laying in the backseat of the car. And when they approached him, he was like, do you know who I am? (laughs) The Easter Bunny guy. How could I possibly do something like this? Also, I think it really shows that you could absolutely do something like this. (laughs) If what you're famous for is beating a person up while dressed as the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Yeah, What kind of person could possibly do this? Oh, right. Someone who beats someone up as the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Long story short. Long story short, he's now the governor of Florida. (laughs) And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into the big old wet salty messes we know as the oceans. The seven seas, if you will. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. Well, I don't know if many of you know this, but the ocean is bad. What? It's huge and terrifying and full of monsters, and I hate it. All these people with abs and short shorts trying to pretend like the ocean is Baywatch, when really the ocean is an unfathomable nightmare. Oh, oh, let's go to the beach and run around in our panties and scuba dive with a bunch of sea animals. No! Those fish will murder and eat you the first chance they get. And that's just the sea animals we know about. Okay? I can't even think about the ocean for longer than like 15 minutes because I will literally spiral into a whale-sized existential meltdown and I'll take all of you with me. Okay? So let's just get this over with. This is why the ocean is the worst. All right. A lot of this info, I should say, came from a website called Fascinate.com. Probably inaccurate, but, you know, I don't care. Okay, first of all, 95% of the ocean is just 
a complete mystery. Like, we know more about Scooby-Doo's sex life than we know about the ocean. Please tell me about Scooby-Doo's sex life. I just want you to think about that. Think about that for one second of your life. I am right now, and it's upsetting. We know more about Scooby-Doo's red slimy dog erection than we know about the ocean. Which is to say, most of what we know is just a big terrifying guess. What do we know about Scooby-Doo's sex life? Scooby-Doo Fox! That's all I you think need to know, I guess. Shaggy has definitely put peanut butter on his dick and let Scooby lick it off. There's that's no doubt all there in my is mind. to know. Yeah. If that's 5% of what we know, horrifying what the rest is. Mm-hmm. And that's like the ocean. Seriously, scientists know more about space than we do about the ocean. They could be hiding anything down there. And by they, I mean I don't even know because they could be hiding themselves. I'm not even even a little bit high right now. (laughs) (laughs) We've been so focused on aliens up there, but aliens could be down there. Right. Also, a a bunch of the ocean is just pitch black. Like, most of it is just black. It's just darkness. Just bone-crushing darkness. But also, it's underwater where a bunch of sea monsters can swim past you and brush your skin. I don't even like submerging myself in bath water, let alone the middle of a pitch black ocean. And there, my bathwater doesn't even have fish diarrhea in it. That's like 50% of the ocean, I bet. I just remember having fish as a kid, and that was like by far the most fascinating thing they did was shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the longest I think I had a fish was like maybe a week and a half. I had to I, do a shit at some point. I carried it everywhere, oh which you're God. not supposed to do. No. I carried it in its tank. It's not like <laughs> I took it out. But for that week and a half, I carried that thing around. It was like living in a roller coaster. You are the girl from Finding Nemo. (laughs) I absolutely was. Also, Shark Week has done a great job of brainwashing us into thinking that we need to be scared of sharks when literally everything else in the ocean is so much worse. Giant squids, anglerfish... Desperate single father clownfishes searching for their lost paralyzed children. Oh, everyone's like, oh, Jaws is so scary. Uh, Finding Nemo is literally about a child raised by a piece of shit dad and his emotionally handicapped nemesis slash best friend. How is that not worse? That's child abuse. He should be taken away. They lost their kid. Nemo killed his mother also. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Not fair. Um, Yeah. I got, I'm sorry. Shark Week only ever makes me think of Tracy Morgan. And one time I was in L.A. and my friend and I were just watching TV in the hotel. And do you know about the show Tanked? No. It's like an HGTV show, but I think Discovery Channel. And instead of being about homes, it's about aquariums. And they like fit nice aquariums into places. And this episode that we happened upon was Tracy Morgan and his octopus. And he needed a new tank for his octopus. But part of what they did was they took Tracy Morgan to... A place, I guess Tracy used to have a shark, and then he like donated it to a spot because it got too big. And so he went to visit his shark, but he started freaking out about being put into a cage and like lowered down to like be with the sharks. It's a wild episode of television. I also love that this is Tracy Morgan, the actual person, and not Tracy Tracy Jordan. (laughs) It was beautiful. Next, the Titanic is just down there. With with Jack and the door that she wouldn't let him climb on and the big fat diamond that wrinkly old Rose threw in. The whole ocean is just a wet graveyard. 
It's terrifying to think of how many fully preserved bodies are just at the bottom of the ocean. I don't think they're fully preserved. Aren't they? <laughs> no. Isn't it cold? <laughs> Is that not how it works? The cold, yes. The wet, no. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. That was not my interpretation <laughs> of the science. I fully have been thinking that there's just fully preserved bodies. Is it if the water is cold enough? No, I guess it's still wet. I don't know. This has been Science with Matt. Next! Truly, this brings me to my next point, which is that the ocean is cold as fuck. Oh, oh, thanks a lot, global warming. It sounds like a hoax to me, if you ask me. Why isn't the ocean bubbling up like a pot of spaghetti water, then? I'd like the ocean a whole lot more if I could dip some hard noodles in it and get them, get them nice and al dente. But seriously, the ocean is freezing <laughs> because the the sun only reaches like two feet down. Right. Yeah. And then you so you go past the point where Wilson is bobbing. Go past two feet. And it's just cold, dark, slushy. Mm-hmm. Like you're inside of a, a blue ice pack in the freezer. Also, you see photos of whales in books that are like, here's a person, and then here's a fucking whale. (laughs) And it's always like the biggest thing you've ever seen in your life. Have you you ever gone whale watching? No, never. Why would I ever do that? I have only seen the ocean like once. (laughs) I think that would be really scary for you. Yeah. I mean, I guess I've seen a whale at the zoo. Do they have? No, they're (laughs) far too large. I mean, at the Shen Aquarium, they have beluga whales, but like, they're not that big. Oh, yeah. I remember in college, we weren't allowed to go to the Shed Aquarium because someone from, they had a frat thing there and someone threw a beer bottle into the whale exhibit. (laughs) Fucking frat guys. (laughs) And uh, anyway, it's just, yeah, whales are so fucked. Like, they're so big, way too big. You could, like, live inside of a whale. Like, you could have a hugely comfortable living inside of a whale. I mean, it's way bigger than my apartment. Like, massively bigger. What's the square footage on that whale? At least a couple thousand feet. Fuck. Probably more. Definitely more. Yeah. I I could have, like, a five-bedroom apartment in that thing. They wrote that whole book about getting swallowed by a whale. Moby Dick? Yeah. It's like, okay, stop complaining. (laughs) Your house is huge. It's probably rent-stabilized, too. You pay absolutely nothing. <laughs> and, oh, oh, you worry about, what, krill? Fuck off. Oh, yeah, also a thing I just learned about, uh, something called the White Shark Cafe. Where's that? This was a, a, a thing that some scientists came up with because they discovered most great white sharks, mo- they're mostly just, like, solitary. But then, like, two times a year, scientists have noticed that a bunch of great white sharks just gather at this one spot in the middle of the ocean and they don't know why. <laughs> Family reunion! Uh, and they suspect that they're like feeding on something, but they don't know what. So they call it the White Shark Cafe. <laughs> they suspect that they're feeding on like possibly a giant squid. But it's like, what do they know? Also, why do that once a year? Why not just finish the squid or stick around? Because it's like in the middle of the ocean. Mm. And sharks mostly live like coastally. Right, 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 right. It's a big journey for them. Do you ever see Shark Tale? <laughs> I love... Uh, yes. Classic. The, uh, there's a Mary J. Blige song from the... <laughs> yeah, there is. Got to be real. I love that cover. Oh, that movie. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, fuck 
Jaws and all of the sequels because they make us scared of some giant shark, even though it is infinitely more terrifying that there could be a Texas squirrel capable of human speech conducting science experiments at Bikini Bottom, and we have no fucking idea. You you don't think part of the 95% of the ocean that we're unsure about has a talking squirrel named Sandy, short for Sandra, from Texas? Who lives in a a bubble under the sea and is friends with a starfish and a sponge? Who are gay lovers? That is terrifying to me. And it should scare you too. And that's why the ocean is horrible. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier. Starting with the TV we've been watching. Barry, what you been watching? Uh, I started the second season of Shrill. Yeah. Yeah, I'm liking it. I mean, I liked the first season, but I think the second season is way stronger. It's really funny. Also, Lolly, who plays Fran, is she's so funny and she's so good. I love they're really, I think, exploring her character more this season. And I love her a lot. There's one scene where she takes herself out on a solo date and gets super baked and goes to do karaoke by herself and sings Shallow. And it was like... It was so funny and wonderful and probably my favorite scene so far this season. Um, but yeah, so I'm watching Shrill and I'm, I'm really enjoying the second season. What about you? What are you watching? I have not watched any of Shrill. I do want to watch Shrill. Um, this week, I started watching Cheer on oh, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, if people haven't seen it, it is a documentary series that follows this competitive cheerleading team from Navarro College in Corsicana, Texas. They're like, they've won a bajillion competitions. They're like one of the best, if not the best, competitive cheerleading team in the country. And it like follows their journey as they are getting ready for this national cheerleading championship um, led by their coach, whose name is Monica, and she's like this ice queen. I'm like only halfway through, and it is a little bleak. <laughs> It's like weirdly, well, A, it's in Texas. And so there's one scene where they're all, I don't know, for some reason they're taking like a Texas like pride class. And okay. this this woman is coaching them on like what people in Texas care about. And sh- this woman is also very clearly like a pro-Trump. Yeah, it's just weird. Also, there's a very, it's a co-ed cheerleading team. And so, and most of the men who are featured are gay men. And yeah, there's a very big, like, love the sinner, hate the sin energy that I don't love. Mm. <laughs> like, at one point, Monica, the coach, talks about, like, having to go to her pastor to, like, talk about homosexuality. Okay. She's like, all right. I guess I'm, like, in such a bubble that I forget yeah. there are people like that still. And I do think by the end, you get. Like, Monica is, like, a a good figure. And, like, a lot of these kids in the show come from, like, not great backgrounds. And this is, like, cheerleading for them is a thing to, like, establish a life and, like, a routine and structure. And and it, like, she has a positive impact on their lives. But there is, like, a weird 
like stage mom energy to it. Yeah, I can see that. But anyway, it's entertaining. Here's a question I have about cheer. Is it insular in the sense that like it's already made and it's all out? Or are they like following them to the championship and the championship hasn't happened yet? Uh, no, it's all like it's I think it's, it's about happened. this one particular year. Oh, OK. From last year, I think. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Everyone in our office is obsessed with it and has been talking about it nonstop. I get it. <laughs> also, I have been on a, uh, a flexibility journey. Right. So this is probably extremely inspirational. For and you. I was sick of everybody on Instagram saying like, are you going to make Matt? And which is a phrase that they use. So there can only be 20 people on the mat. Mm. When they perform their like championship routine, mm-hmm. but there's something like 40 of them total oh. who are all like backups. And so they are competing against one another to be on the mat for the competition. Yeah. So you want to make it on the mat. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that means. So I guess I have to watch this goddamn show. Anyway, I also finished Sex Education, which was very good. Awesome. I Yeah, that was my show last week that I'd only seen like two episodes of, and then I quickly watched all two seasons. Um, yeah, and I love it. I actually, I spent way too much time just now talking about Cheer when actually Sex Education is like one of my favorite shows now. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just like very charming and like so inclusive in a way that's like not eye-rolly for like a teen comedy show yeah like earnest yeah 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 it's very like heartwarming but like in a good way (laughs) anyway what is your non-tv chaser my non-tv chaser is um is wqxr slash classical music in general (laughs) i don't know anything about (laughs) classical music nobody is listening at this point But I got to say, so Alex has been working really late lately. And so I've started and I've realized that, like, I really can't watch TV or be on my phone an hour before bed because it just really fucks with my sleep. Yeah. And so something I've been trying to do is establish a time to, like, read and write in bed before bed and something that has been. But I, I like having music on or I like listening to an audiobook, like just something I like having sound on. And so I listen to QXR a lot now that Alex is not home. And it's just it's just classical music, but like it's just cool genre, you know. <laughs> no, it's, sure, sure. It's been it's been bringing me peace and calm and appreciation. So yeah. um, I I really enjoy QXR, which is a New York public radio station, classical station. I feel like it. it I feel like it's a guilty pleasure, but it's all it's not guilty. It's no. just classical music. Um, it's the least thing from a guilty pleasure. <laughs> but it feels like it in like you know like in cool in like cool Brooklyn. Okay, sure. You know, um, but uh, but yeah, really, really digging digging those classical tunes. Um, except when they go into like church organ music, then I'm like, no, 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 give me the strings, you know, mm-hmm. give me that Bach. Okay. I don't actually really know Bach, but um, yep, that's my chaser. <laughs> What's your chaser this Exhausted. week? <laughs> Mine, I have two, um, mostly because one is about spending money, so I want a non-spending money one. I, I think I mentioned in a past episode that I've been looking for the candle that I smelled in Harry Styles' green room. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> and I found it. Mazel tov. Mostly because I just Googled Harry Styles' candle and it it came up there's been pictures of it 
But I was like, I wonder if that is the scent. I knew it was a diptyque candle. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a big candle person. Oh, I love candles. I think it's like my mom like imposed this weird sensitivity onto me that I've now like adopted. <laughs> Of like we'd go to people's houses and she would be like, Oh, I can't stand the smell of that candle. It's too strong. We have to put it out. And then I like grew up with an odd sensitivity to like that kind like strong candle smells. But I loved that smell so much. And I was like, I will find it. And I went to a store and sniffed a bunch and I couldn't really remember. So I took my best guess and it was right. Mazel. It's the tuberoses. Mm. Tuberose. There's some French way of pronouncing it. Tuberose. Tuberose. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so good. I love it. And I think I'm going to go buy more, even though there are $70 candles. And then um, the the free one, if you want to live my life without spending $70 on a candle, is a YouTube video that you sent me that I'm still obsessed, <laughs> obsessed with. I can't stop watching it. <laughs> Which is Liv Tyler does her 25-step beauty and self-care routine. <laughs> it's from July 2019. It's a year old. But Liv Tyler, it's a 16-minute video of her doing 25 steps, apparently what she does every day. She did two face masks in this routine. This is for her, like, no-makeup makeup look. Yep. And 90% of it is, yeah, her doing, like, face masks. I I also did not realize until Grammy's night that she was Steven Tyler's daughter. Yeah, until until I texted you <laughs> saying... Because I was jokingly tweeting about how I didn't know who Aerosmith was. And you did know who Aerosmith was, but you did not realize that that is his daughter. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, so it makes even more sense that she is the yeah. way that she is. But- in, in the video, she says, like, oh, my dad's so obsessed with skincare. Whenever I go to his house, we spend, like, three hours in the bathroom. And people in the comments are like, oh, my God, that's Steven Tyler. It's just, like, so the way that she speaks is so, like, angelic. Yeah. But in this, like, it's the first step of her beauty routine is putting on an Hermes scrunchie, a custom Hermes scrunchie. Yep. <laughs> that comes from like her friend's boutique in Paris, and it's just like <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I mean I'll She's never like, be able... this lip gloss which I made uh, with Givenchy, <laughs> and I'm just like yes, bitch, get it. It is truly the time. like least relatable video, but yeah. also I want to emulate every second of it, and I, I love her. Yeah, I truly love it so much. So anyway, um, go light up a dip tea candle and watch a 60-minute video of Liv Tyler doing her 25-step beauty and self-care routine. But anyway, that's it. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Banana, bum, bum, bum,
This story was one that was sent to us <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> why, why can't you say the sentence? <laughs> uh this story comes to us from a listener on Twitter who alerted us to this. <laughs> <laughs> Next, a listener sent this one. Next, a listener story sent to us. 